0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Sunday Talk. I am my host, Alexandra Mars, and today's date is February the 6th, 22, I was going to say 21. <laughs> <coughs> so, anyway, well, if you're if you're new to my podcast, welcome, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Glad to have you. Actually, glad to have you both. But anyway. <clears throat> So anyway, um, this is where I talk about uh, being, talk about being disabled in America. I have rheumatoid arthritis, I'm dyslexic, I have ADD, uh, right now I'm battling, trying to figure out what's causing my anemia causing me lose iron and, and I talk about these issues and I talk about other things as well that affects everybody at times but I try to bring uh, information to, to public about what's like to be disabled and how we can make it better for people with disabilities and just talk about this kind of stuff so welcome aboard! So yeah, that's basically that. And so today I'm going to talk about something else entirely. Um, Something different, like I said, I talk about issues that affect everyone and today is one of those issues that I feel that needs to be discussed. So we're going to talk about it. You're probably wondering what it is. I'll give you a clue. Book burning. Yeah. I saw an article about that recently and i'm just like i gotta talk about that one oh yeah i'm also working on a manuscript as well so yeah <laughs> i'm also a writer <laughs> so yeah this is very this one kind of hits really home so anyway so in my last podcast i talked about the winter storm that hit <clears throat> survived it <clears throat> and still in the process of Clearing out the driveway. Now you're probably wondering, well, why did it take you so long? The storm hit Wednesday and Thursday and this is like now Sunday and you're still having this issue. Well, let me explain. I have rheumatoid arthritis from from the neck down. So if there's a joint, it's got it. Let's put it that way. I even have an I even have jaw issues as well. So I mean, let me put it this way. I could probably say jaw on down on my neck, but you know but so I have that. I also right now I'm battling anemia that most likely is now being caused from a menstrual cycle. <clears throat> oh and that's another issue within itself but you know hey yeah, I talk about these things. So I really right now don't have a lot of energy. Well you may sound like oh you sound really bright and cheery for a change and I'm like well thank you. I've been I actually woke up from a nap before taping this podcast so <laughs> have to have benefits. So you know, I I don't I I don't have the mobility or the strength to shovel out about twelve inches of snow. Uh, no, <laughs> I shoveled out snow a week before the storm hit, and it was light fluffy snow, which is a lighter, less dense snow than the heavy wet snow that we have now. And I almost passed out from doing that. And I'm not, and I'm not doing, so I'm not doing that. And it does take time to hire a person to come over and use a snowblower and do it. A lot of people are requesting that service right now and just sitting here waiting. And this is why I went to the grocery store and, and bought enough stuff to, to get through for a few days. Because I knew that me and my family were not going to be able to get out right then. And so, that's what we did. And I think a lot of people do that because they know that whatever their situation is, sometimes they can't shovel. They look perfectly healthy but could have problems. And they know how long it takes to, to get things cleared out. And that's one of the... Excuse me, that's one of the things. So, yeah. Um... Didn't get as cold as they said, which that's a good thing, because we had a lot, of, had a lot of snowpack. A snowpack can cause temperatures to really plummet, but the winds never really kicked up as they said, which is a blessing. Um. So, I mean, and we didn't get that much additional snow on Thursday as they were originally f- predicting. So that's a. That's a good thing. So, I mean, the the book of the snow happened sometime after midnight. I would say, looking back at some of the, my doorbell footage, I would say it started happening around 2. Because um, I woke up around 3 to get up, go to the bathroom, and feed my cat. My bladder is so used to my cat waking me up around between 2 and 4. that wakes me up at my home. Without the cat. Life with cats. So, so I went and so I went to the kitchen and fed my cat. And <laughs> that was funny. He didn't even know I was feeding him. <laughs> that was one of those things. That was funny. And, uh, and then I looked out and about the time we had about an inch of snow. And then later on, when I woke up a few hours later, we had about maybe about three to four. So, I mean, it was just, it snowed off and on all day. It was sometimes it came down, like, really heavy at times, and then it was like, you could barely notice it was snowing. It did that. So, it was, it's something that my area has not seen in a long time, like, uh, where most people are getting at least the same amount of snow everywhere. Take a a couple inches or so. I mean, it just was a system-wide snow, and wasn't like, well, one part was not going to get hammered and the other part was, but it was crazy. So, yeah, so I got through that, so, you know, just now waiting to get stuff out, so. Just nutty. So, yeah, but this is winter. It happens. It's cold, but not that not that cold but I mean not barely cold it's still cold I wouldn't recommend going outside without layering but you know it's like I said it's winter and you you learn you learn how to handle stuff so uh, my only concern is now since how large the storm was because it was like 200 miles of, of a winter storm morning. and Places running out of certain items like bread and milk and all that wonderful stuff. Um, I' wondering how how long it's going to take the grocery stores to get stocked back up across America, and that could that could be interesting. So that's what I'm kind of sitting here wondering about, but that's for a different topic. So anyway, so I am feeling pretty good, and I decided I would just sit down and start. <clears throat> taping on my podcast. So yes, I'm still having uh, problems with my blood. uh, Losing iron. I know I am. I don't know how much. As soon as I get the driveway cleaned out and stuff like that, I will be calling my blood doctor's office again and seeing if I can move on my appointment or at least come in and get my blood work done sooner um yeah it's just crazy um I I know I've said before talking about this and I was like really adamant that it's not my menstrual cycle no it's something else no it's not my menstrual cycle yeah I'm pretty sure it is oh I've like I said I've learned some stuff um I can't really confirm it just yet but it's leaning that way i've done some more research about heavy flows and what's considered a heavy flow which i never knew before and i was like yeah that's me so and also too i know the fun fact um yeah uh, periods your menstrual cycle can change over the years you can have issues later on you could be young and normal some some women can have like problems from the very beginning when they start in their teenage years on up and then some women can have issues it goes away comes back goes you know that's all because of hormones so um i just thought that i was normal and didn't think anything about it i was just like all right there you go but that's a different topic for a different day but yeah, but that's basically what I think now, it's just, iron. It's where I'm losing my iron, and so, yeah, and you're probably wondering what my options are going to be, and I am too. But, like I said, I won't know that until about, uh, the way everything's looking. I won't really have some clear answers until, I would say, in the March. And you're like, When's the March? They're like, why in the March? Well, it certain things, I'll I'll be talking about this more, um more in the February, but <clears throat> it's just uh certain things have to be done and scheduled and it's just you just can't get in right now because of COVID, of the COVID restrictions, all the stuff that they want you to do and uh it's just just things don't get done as quick as they used to, unfortunately. And so, it's just now just making the best of it. Um, eating anything, eating things that's got extra iron. Um, before the winter storm hit, I was able to find some spinach, baby spinach. And I've been eating that about every day. <clears throat> and technically, i would be... That's helping, and I'm just hoping I can find some more because I'm almost my bag's almost gone, but that's been helping, and satisfying. And it's been a while since I had baby spinach, and that's really good so um, it also has other vitamins as well when you get low, especially with iron, so yeah, I've been eating that. I've been eating a little bit more red meat um, I've been eating chicken, um, I got my chicken. I talked about my recipe that I like to make, um, with boneless, breasted chicken. And I found one thin slices last time, and I was like hoping to find chicken. And the Lord answered my prayer, and it was like, they just talked to chicken while I was there. I was like, yes! Chicken! Didn't have a lot of money to buy a lot of chicken, but they had, they had what I needed. So I was able to get my chicken, and yes, I did bake my chicken. Because Monday night, when I came home from the grocery store, Monday night, I had my stuff and I uh, sautéed my chicken put it in the refrigerator and Tuesday night, I had my chicken and I had my, my chicken, some carrots, and some sweet potatoes. And that was pretty tasty. And I tell you what, I had like two helpings. I had like four slices because I I'm the person that eats my chicken when I make it and I had two chicken two chicken breasts because I was hungry and I tell you what I woke up the next day I was feeling a lot better and I've been feeling better so something about chicken just I eat chicken and it just something I don't know if it's the way my body can I can that's a lot better but I started feeling better so feeling a little bit stronger and more, yeah, I can do things. Still tired, but still not like, I feel like I'm not going to like, pass out or die on any time soon. But I'm holding my own. And basically I'm just holding on with my nutrition and just doing different things. So you're probably wondering what are some of <clears throat> the side effects of feeling anemic well feeling anemic is I feel really awful tired I probably look pale now i um, really tired I can get up in the mornings start moving around start doing stuff and then around noon or something I gotta lay down for a couple hours get really tired easily uh, I've been getting short of breath but I walk around and I'm just out of breath and no it's not from covid it's from the it's from being anemic because i've been taking my inhalers my inhaler and it's just it's from that i know it is i sit down i get fine um so yeah you can get low oxygen as well so my oxygen burning a little it's been running a little bit low and it'll go back up once i quit moving around and just relax it's like it'll go back up um so the shortness of breath, uh, being tired, feeling uh just feeling tired, lasodic oh, I can't pronounce that word. It's just you feel tired, don't want to do nothing basically. I have that. And um uh let's see what else tired. Of. Just really feel tired, run down. Concentration sometimes it's hard, especially even getting harder to concentrate on things. Um, So yeah, if I start having rabbit trails and just like forget my thought, yeah. Concentration. That's another thing. It's just like, I'm just so wiped. Uh, Emotionally, uh, things kind of bother me a little bit more that they don't do it, honestly. Like, stuff I don't normally have issues with are getting on my nerves or whatever. I just just don't have the patience to handle certain things right now. <clears throat> so, just odd things. It's not like stuff like, and people's like, well, I do say something. You know, I've said in the past that Sometimes, sometimes it's like, am I going to make it? And sometimes I do wonder because I get really weak. It's just. It's hard, and I'm just wondering how low my iron is. And I just sometimes wonder sometimes if I'm gonna wake up the next morning. <clears throat> you know, maybe is that a little bit more fear than what's actually going on? Possibility because it anxiety can go. People with low anemia can get, can get really severely get anxiety really bad. But I also know how important iron is, and I know how I feel, and just like don't know. So, anyway, I'm hoping, but I also, but my also, my hope is in my Lord and my Savior. And I am in his protection and in his hands. And so, I, and I honestly believe it is not my time yet. So, <clears throat> I still have stuff to do here on earth. So it's not, it's not time. It's not time for me yet. Um, so it's just, it's just a long process. It's been a long process the last two years to get this diagnosed. And I feel like I'm just at the end of the race and I just kind of hang in there and it just feels like, I don't know how much longer I can hang in there. It's just that kind of tiredness, fatigue mentally. And it's just like, yeah, I've decided I'm going to take it one day one one day at a time, and focus on what I can do, and, and just trust everything is going to work out in the future, and that's what I've decided to do, because I don't need any more stress or anxiety or anything else in my life right now. Um, I just need to do what I need to do, and there you go. And so, so I'm here to talk to you today. So, anyway, that was about 18 minutes of Talking about, but I hope you, but I hope you guys find this helpful because there's a lot of people who don't understand um, anemia, or especially iron fi- uh, iron deficiency anemia, and how it can affect you. I mean, I'm even finding that with within my own circle of friends at times they don't get it. Um, nothing again, nothing against them at times, but it, I just there's just, there's just people that just don't, because it's not not normally talked about. Um, (laughs) um, to, to those of my friends who support me, it's no, it's, i no offense. I don't mean it that way. It's just, um, yeah, some of my friends do listen it it's one of those things that it's just there's a lot of misunder misunderstandings and i just at times don't feel like getting into it It's i like, just really stuff i mean i'm unless you're living unless you're living with me from day to day then you see it and i think it's hard for people who don't live with me to understand the full impact what the iron deficiency is doing, how it's making me weak, and how much I need sleep, and how much that I can be talking and and lose a thought, and just like, wait a minute, I like today, I'll like, give you an example, today I was, it's the beginning of the month, and I was like going through my bills. And I knew there was something I needed to do. And I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I knew, it's like, I knew what I had to do. It was like a bill I needed to to look at again. And I could not, for the life of me, remember what it was. And I had just thought of it a second ago, a minute ago. I was like, I knew what it was and knew what I knew. And the ADD popped in and distracted me, and I could not, for the life of me, remember. And I sat there and got really frustrated. And right across to me. At the kitchen table. Was, now remember. I keep my family private. In this, But I had a family member looking at me like. What in the heck is wrong with you? What's going on? I got really worried. Because of the way I was acting. Because I could not remember. What I was supposed to remember. It was something important. And I couldn't remember. And it was driving me batty. Couldn't remember it. And... I was like. It took me about three or four minutes to, and I was like saying, I remembered something I need to remember, and it just went out the door. <laughs> it was just, it was a and it went, Rrr. and then finally it came back. It was just like, once I settled down, it came right back. And I'm like, oh, great. So, yeah. And another thing I I have been doing is I've been calling my cat sometimes the wrong name <laughs> or I I want to call my cat the wrong name. Um, it's like yeah. I'm like, "Oh no." I was like I've had I've had lots of cats and they've all, you know, I I only have one cat. But I've had cats in the past and and I've been thinking of one cat in particular lately and it's been on my mind don't know why and I was like every time I'm not ready to call his name I'm like I'm like I want to call my old cat his name to my new cat and it's just like uh no <laughs> so yeah um so yeah I mean this stuff can get I mean this can get pretty bad I mean I you don't get enough oxygen in the brain I mean stuff starts happening and I'm just I'm trying to avoid that but with the winter storm and everything, it's just really hard. So I've just been doing what I can and praying and hoping and just hoping that my, you know, my friends understand that right now I'm not really myself and just take that into and me. And especially to you and my listeners, you know, I may not sound like myself at times. This is why. Um, it's not nothing... It's just, I just at times I just don't feel well, and it's just something I just, um, I can't pop. I, I, you know, people's ask me, well, why can't you take just pills? And I'm like, my body can't digest the iron, and I can't be taking iron too. And a lot of, a lot of things I have to watch how much iron I take in because it can like mess up my joints basically caused my joints to start hurting and start aching and I know I've been taking in a little too much iron because my joints are now starting to ache and hurt and I'm like I've got another week before I get my treatment I'm like oh yay and I'm like all righty and I'm on I'm on my cycle now and that doesn't help I'm just like oh yay so it's like so at night, I've been really uncomfortable about sleeping sometimes, and it's just like, already, right. that's another reason why my naps have been longer in the afternoon, so, you know, it's just like, and I don't really have, I've been really wanting to edit my manuscript, and I really don't feel like I have the, I don't feel like I have the, the brain power to do it, I want to try, but I just what i need and it's just like i just want this stuff to stop i've been dealing with iron deficiency since probably officially diagnosed me for two years and probably longer than that and i need this stuff to stop <laughs> i just need it um i just i just need it to to stop <laughs> and figure out actually the cause and then and and go from there exactly what What the route will be for that, (laughs) but it's just for the next few weeks, it's just getting through those weeks, and I'm just like, yay! So, anyway, so anyway, well, went through that little rabbit trail of the update, didn't mean to go that long, but anyway, you're probably like wondering when are you going to get to the topic of what you're talking about? All right, I read an article today before I put, before I sat down and uh, taped my podcast. There is a pastor in Tennessee who's actually given Tennessee a bad name, my opinion, but anyway. He is a pastor and he um, was talking about, uh, I. I read the article, and I got really mad. (laughs) I was like, no! He was talking about, um, book burning. He got a permit, and he was having, like, a meeting where his congregation, or people who felt led of the Lord, to come and bring their sinful books, and whatever, uh, movies, video games, whatever. I think it was more, it was book burning and they were going to have a pit. He got like a permit where he could burn and they were going to throw all this stuff. And, and, and I was like, Oh my word. So let me tell you why I kind of flipped up now. I don't agree. I, I don't agree with burning stuff. Right. I don't agree. In, I don't agree in book burning, just because somebody and and somebody and authority says you need to burn this. Um, I don't agree with it. And you're probably all going, "Oh wait, man! You th- you say you're cr- I am a Christian. Um, I don't agree with book burning because I feel like that." when you start having the stuff in society and you say well this is bad and it all has to be destroyed then you are creating a dictatorship within the society and that someone else can come through like in the government and saying well this is bad and we need to get rid of all this stuff and and get rid of you know, like some crazy idiot can say, well, all religious books, including the Bible need to be banned and need to be burned. You know, this is, this is a very dangerous slippery slope. Now, do I have, do I have a problem with a pastor getting up and telling his congregation about why he thinks certain things should not be read or watched because it doesn't go that it may go against the Bible. I have no problems with that. I've actually been I've actually been in a sermon where actually pastors have preached on that stuff. Um so yeah, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. I just yeah, that's not my thing. Um I just yeah, I just don't care for it. <laughs> and a lot of people look at me like, "Well, we th-? no, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. No, um, it's like it was like me, like me saying on my podcast, well, I think all horror movies should be burned, all the books, all Stephen King books should be burned.' You know, I no, I don't believe that, but it's <laughs> who, who do I have the, the right to tell? my audience, you guys, what you should read or listen to. You know, I can tell you why I don't like it. Why I think it should, you know, I could tell you why I think some of the stuff is, it gets way out of hand. But that's a discussion, that's a debate between people. When we start silencing voices or books about different things, we're silencing what basically we're telling people what they can think about is good or bad you know god did give us free will you know i mean i don't have to buy a stephen king's novel now he's wrote some pretty good stuff that's not horror but uh you know i don't personally like stephen king I, I don't like his. I don't like course horror stories. I just don't care for that. I don't care about watching horror movies. No, that's not my thing. I just I get nightmares. <laughs> I mean, I, I watch I watch the input of what I put in my mind. Okay, whether it's from a book, movie, TV show, or whatever, I am very stuff like that. But that. Is me you know other people may not have the issues and I just don't want that I don't want certain images I mean I have seen a few horror movies and images have stuck in my mind and it's just like oh great now I can't get out of my mind (laughs) you know and I just it's just uh, there was one time I did I was watching I didn't know I didn't realize what I was watching and it was really late, and I wasn't feeling really good, and I was just like, "Oh!" And when I realized it was just too late, <laughs> I was like, "Yep." Um. You know, because some of, some of those movies do have a pretty good storyline, but then they get into that graphic stuff, and it's just like, "Nope." And. And I just, I just don't care to have those images in my head. I just don't care to have that kind of stuff. That's, yeah, uh-uh. that's just. That's just not me. I, I just don't, yeah. Uh. But you know, those are my boundaries. There's just certain things I just don't like to do, and it's just like, yeah, that's just me. You know, I. That's just. I just don't care to have those things in my home. And that's, you know, that's just, that's the way I just choose. That's, I don't want that stuff. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's good on a psyche. But, but that's my opinion you may feel differently about horror movies. You may not like science fiction. I know there's people who cannot stay on Star Trek because they believe that's trying to bring in a utopia of error in which yeah, I kinda of agree with that in some ways. You know, I mean it's it's cool. And now I do like Star Trek, but I I get the argument and I actually do see that point of view and go, yeah, yeah, yeah But humans are still humans, do I think, is it possible? You know, I, that is, that's a tricky way, because if you, okay, I know on the TV show, I know on the TV shows, like, um, the, you know, the original Star Trek, the next, Star Trek, Next Generation, Star Trek, Next Generation of Star Trek. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine actually goes in more of... What was probably... What would be really like... To live... In... um, A utopia setting. Because they were grappling with real things. Real issues. And trying to hold the line. And what actually people faced... I think it's more, probably more realistic because in the books, um, if you've ever read the Star Trek novels, some of the, some of the authors go into the other side of of Star Trek, how people feel and how they look as Starfleet is always as viewed as the adversary and not the friend to the, to the free market. So it's, it's kind of interesting. So You know, but people base Star Trek on what they see. But if you read some of the novels, they, um, they, they get into the other side and you view it from the other side of a person who does not want to live, be controlled by Starfleet or, or the count or, or the council. So, um, it's kind of interesting to see it that way. So, So yeah, but I'm like saying, you know, but, but should start, should Star Trek be banned? No. You know, it's different ways. So, so, so that's how I feel that, you know, like this guy, this pastor wanted to talk about, he wanted to to burn uh, books on fantasy and all this stuff and had this big pit. And I'm like, and how many people are feeling coerced, especially children who don't understand this stuff and like saying this is evil instead of talking about it. I mean, I don't know. It's just I I have a mixed feelings. I'm like I don't like book burning and especially being an author, I'm just like, no. That you know, if someone wants to burn their own books for whatever reason, that's up to the individual. But being forced publicly to do it, or being coerced to do it, I have really issues about it. And this can get into simply soap. I mean, you start saying this stuff is bad, and somebody else can say this stuff is bad, and then you put someone in the government says. Oh, this is bad, and this is what we're going to have. And you're caught with this; it's going to be burned or destroyed. You know, th- this this goes down. This goes down a dark, slippery slope, and I don't care whether where it comes from. It's just like, t- to me, it's just training the individual. Well, I need somebody's authority instead of you know instead of me thinking for myself or me taking it to God and going is this what I should be reading you know that sort of thing so anyway so anyway another thing that really got me and this is one of the things why I don't really uh one of the things that really got me concerned about this particular pastor I don't know what the denomination was but what he believes but he was talking about autism and he was talking about that autism does not exist because the bible doesn't mention it and i was just like what <laughs> i was like i'm paraphrasing by the way and he was like and talking about people who are who have autism are demon possessed and i'm like oh Okay, I'm like, okie dokie, I'm like, that just, I think that threw me for a loop, I which I wasn't surprised because he's wanting to burn books and have this hoedown, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, and I'm sitting there going, oh my word. I'm like, and it doesn't because, it doesn't mention in the Bible. The Bible doesn't talk about autism. I'm like, already, oh, well, I'm sitting there going, neither does rheumatoid arthritis or cancer or MS or depression or anxiety or iron deficiency, um, cancer, um, MS, I think I already mentioned that one. Uh, dyslexia. What else? I'm trying to think of different uh, illnesses here, different diagnoses. None of that is in the Bible. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking. Um, none of that's in in the Bible. Uh. You know, it doesn't talk about COVID either. (laughs) Ha ha! Let me see. Are a cold or, you know, viruses, pneumonia. I mean, I've I've never seen it name illnesses. So, anyway. You you get my point, right? (laughs) You see where I'm going with this. So, anyway. So... I have been I have been reading in in Matthew. I've I've got behind a little bit in my Bible reading trying to catch up. But I've been reading uh I thought I've been reading this uh year thing reading through the Bible. Like you start with Genesis and it goes and I I do really like this uh Bible plan. And it goes like through Genesis it starts with Genesis um and then then I read like a couple chapters in Genesis, sometimes 3. And it goes from, from, um, then it goes to Psalms, to Proverbs, it switches in different days. And then always the last book, it's one chapter in, Math, in in Matthew, and that's the first book in the New Testament. And so it's been talking about Jesus's life. And, and so I've been reading a lot, and so I've been really, I've been like really paying attention to, for whatever reason, this just might be God leading me, but I've been paying attention to the type of people that Jesus has been and um, the healing and so one of the things is interesting is that Jesus heals the lame the crippled the mute the blind the deaf, and he also heals people from a sickness you know, like a fever, you know, like a fever. That's the one thing. And also too, that people who just died. We don't know why they died, but he healed them from death. Now, you, you may think the Bible is hokey pokey. That's fine. That's, that's your opinion, but I don't. So, you know, but, you know, of my faith, I, I, I think it's something that I can learn from. So anyway, but So these are the things that Jesus healed that is written down as in the scriptures that he healed people. He also healed a woman with some type of blood disorder. So, I mean, I can't tell you if people back then had rheumatoid arthritis. They probably did. They probably called it something else. People had cancer didn't know it. People didn't live that long. People had hard lives and a lot of things probably killed off the weaklings you know, uh, weaklings is probably not the right word, but people who were not able to handle a hard life probably did not live too long, especially if they had compromised immune systems and so probably a virus or a sickness came along and they probably were wiped out that's just the way nature works, What works with animals but you know, and you're probably wondering why why I call them leaklings. Well, now yeah, well, I'm probably, you know, I'm a liquid too. I don't, my immune system isn't great. Uh, you know, but, especially right now with my iron being on, falling, you know, but it's one of those things. But I get back to this. People had a hard life in the day that Jesus walked. It was very hard. I mean, it was very difficult. So, like I said, but he came, he healed the lame, the crippled, the mute, the deaf, the blind, people who had viruses, who had a fever, and people who had mysteriously died for no reason. He healed them. So, so getting back to this pastor about autism and he's thinking that people with autism are dealing for us well a lot of people with autism especially severe autism can't speak um I've watched some some, uh, some videos on that there's a channel that a father talks about um dealing with his um uh, his, his daughter with I forget the channel's name, but anyway, I've seen the videos and it's very um enlightening and understanding what people go through who um who have this especially the caregivers and and the person who has it and it's not easy and I'm sitting there going yeah and and I've seen some other things and you know there' autism effects there's different many layers to it you know it affects people different ways depending on the individual but so let let me put it this way so if Jesus healed the mute and most people who have autism have a hard time verbalizing communication they can't uh, verbalize they can't talk very well or they do or they make sounds or they just have a, they have a hard time talking for whatever reason with it, well, guess what? They would be considered mutes back in the day. Yeah, think about that, because Jesus healed the lame, the crippled, the mute, people who are deaf, and the blind, and people who had viruses. And then people who just died for whatever reason. I mean, they just died. He healed them. Those cover a lot of territory. Alright? So, you could say mute if you really want to get... Yeah, well, we don't know what they called autism back in the day if it even was there. I mean, the human race keeps evolving and so many people and so many new things develop. I mean, we get stuff like that, you know. You know, maybe so, you know, I mean, think about it. I mean, so basically you could say, you could put autism under that category of being mute. You could put me under the category between lame or crippled depending on what going on but you know I'm still walking so I would consider lame but there's a lot of these different things you can put you know I mean yeah you know when you're you think about well cancer well it depends what kind of cancer I mean if you have a hard time walking and breathing you know then you might be labeled as lame or crippled because you can't move I mean you you see where I'm getting at it's like just because illnesses that we have now doesn't mean they didn't exist in the Bible and they, they might have I I don't know they, they had something similar to that or maybe the life expectancy was so low that it just didn't um, didn't materialize because people didn't live that long but to sit there and just say well just because you have a diagnosis and it doesn't mention the bible there's a lot of things that the bible doesn't mention that's not the point of the bible the point of the bible is to show you what jesus what jesus preached about what the gospel truth is about and it's about the gift that he gave he gave he gave his life on the cross and i'm not trying to go into that but that's basically what it's about and what he had to do before he could what he was commanded to do by God on before before his resurrection before he died and rose again on the third day. So so that's basically the point. You know, you you're not going to find all these. I mean, we, mental health. I mean, you're not going to find depression. And I've heard, and honestly, I've heard, I've heard other Christians talk about, well, there's certain things that Jesus, you know, talk about depression and all that, and a stigma within, within the own talking about, well, depression. And and I'm sitting there going, yeah, but there's a lot of Christians who have depression for whatever reason, and anxiety for whatever reason, and they battle it. They don't need to be stigmatized Um, within the church either, just because it's not clearly right now. I mean, what do we know about it? I, I you know, there's some of the stuff. I mean, I do believe that Jesus healed a lot of people. He healed, I mean, another thing that they healed the sick. What does sick mean? Does y'all? That could also mean that he healed people that were, had colds and viruses and maybe had depression or some type of mental issues that that he healed their minds. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different things. I mean, those words have very broad meaning as well. I mean, you sick is a very loosely term. I mean, I mean, they're not the the, the disciples who wrote the New Testament were not going to sit there and write everything that Jesus healed. The point is that Jesus healed it. He had the authority to heal the human body of whatever was plaguing that person that stood before him wanting to have faith in him to be healed that's what he did that's how he showed that he was the son of God basically so that was my point and I'm not trying to get into this thing but and I think this is what to me this pastor is missing in saying well let's have a book banning and I'm going oh yay and then he brings with people with autism in it and I'm like oh yay. I'm like, okay. I'm sitting there going, you probably have some words for me about having rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> that would be one question to ask him, like, well, rheumatoid arthritis isn't mentioned in the Bible. Neither is cancer. Neither is anything. This- Are you going to say that it's all due to this affliction? I'd probably say, yeah. <laughs> I just, I have that feeling. But, you know, this gets really dangerous and then you get people start thinking this way and then, and then you get other people will, will look at that and go, okay, see the control and power over individuals and then start going, yeah, we need to do this. I mean, I'm not into cancer culture. You know, it's the same, you know, I'm not into, into cancer culture just because someone I don't agree with is spouting views that I don't agree with or I think they're wrong that they shouldn't be canceled. I think I think we need to hear both sides of the issue, how people feel. When we start silencing one majority or, minor- or start silencing somebody because we don't agree with their opinions, that becomes a very, very, very dangerous place to live. It really does. You know, I mean, I I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I like I said I don't agree with Whoopi Groberg's what what she said about the Holocaust. Uh, I, you just don't talk you don't compare the Holocaust to anything else. The Holocaust was the Holocaust, and a lot of people lost their lives. A lot of Jew Jew Jews lost their lives under someone that wanted to make the master race. You know, you may not agree with me on that. That's fine. But, there was also a lot of people who were Jews that died. There was a lot of people that were gypsies that were died. People that went against Hitler or Hitler's, what Hitler wanted was put into consecration camps too. Like Christians or people. I mean, there was a lot of people that died, but the Jews were targeted and it's it's just it's something that we need not to go back down and the way people and the way all this started was they started banning certain books or certain things or it's just crazy and it's just like oh my goodness are we heading back in this direction again it sometimes seems like it You know we have free speech in America for a reason, and it's sometimes you are not gonna like, you are not gonna hear views that you don't agree with, from pop culture or from the news or from whoever. But I think if we know how a person that we may think that is dangerous, well, I'm say that may be out there in their views, I'd rather know about it and start talking about it and start like, yeah, okay, let's talk about this. This is why I don't agree with it. This is why I don't agree with book banning. I think book banning is very dangerous f- when it comes from either side. Um, it just, you just open this the slippery slope. The reason why this guy is doing it, I think it's because of cancel culture. That so many people have got uh, especially lately, especially with COVID coming out and speaking against the, you know, the mandates for the vaccine and for the mass that this and that. I mean, I that's, I think this is one reason why this, this pastor's doing it. In some ways, he just feels like he can. And he's not going to get a backlash for it. Um... You know, I, this is one thing, like I said, I, I don't agree with forcing people to take a vaccine that they don't want or they don't feel that they need. For whatever reason, I think you should educate, talk about it, try to persuade people, you know, um, I am not for the mask mandates. I've been wearing my mask when I go to the grocery store because I want to protect myself. Um, I also feel that if someone doesn't want to, that's fine. If they're sick, just stay away from me, but you know, that's hard to do. You know, and I feel like, well, if you're sick and you're running a fever, take something before you go to the grocery store and wear a mask. I I, I think that's your responsibility as a member of the community. You know you're not feeling well and you take something for your go to reduce fever, to reduce spread and you wear a mask, and you get in and you get out as fast as you can at the grocery store. (laughs) Should we mandate it? No. I, I just think that's just out of respect from other people because we all have to go to the grocery store and we all, and you don't know when you go to the grocery store who, who that person might be shopping for or who they might be for, you know caring for at home. They might be caring for a disabled child or an elderly adult or someone with a er- chronically, I mean, you know, like chronically, um, person like me who has a chronic immune system. And I can tell my brain's starting to go fuzzy wuzzy, but, but that's just me. That's, you can't mandate that. You just persuade people to like, look, when you're sick and you know you, you really shouldn't go but if you absolutely must go to the grocery store this is what i think you should do you know i mean and and they'll sit there and tell me about that person that's sitting over there sneezing and coughing you can only do you can only change yourself you cannot change anybody around you you can only persuade and talk and explain why you feel the way you do about certain issues and hope that they start thinking about it and going yeah or start doing research and go yeah you know not to force somebody their stuff onto you I mean it's just crazy and this is why I just think when you get cancel culture like that what's going on that are you start or other corporations start saying, "Well, these corporations should go off the air because they blah blah blah," because we don't agree with their opinion. That's scary, you know. And how many people? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, really? You know, it's just it gets scary because it just sets up like I could see someone coming in and, and being a dictator. Or getting a government that just dictates everything in your life, what you can't and cannot do. I mean, is that what you, that you want? I mean, this is getting quite dangerous in some ways. You know, you're, you're probably thinking, well, you're, you're just because you're not feeling well. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm not feeling well, but I can also see the big picture. I'm just sick. Uh, I can see the simply start starting and going, yeah, we're on a path that we need to get off of. And that means, I mean, look, Facebook bans people for posting stuff they don't agree with. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and it's going to get worse with the, with the, with uh, the elections coming up in the next, this, no, the next year, this year. For the primary and uh, for the for the main election oh yeah folks if you live in the US you really need to find out who your candidates are and find out what you believe and because these primaries coming up are going to be extremely extremely important I don't get into politics that much but I just want to let you know that if you really want a good candidate on your ballot for the fall election, you need to find out who is running in your primary and find out, to see who you who you like and who you think would be good for that position that they're running for. So yeah, I just wanted to make that side note. You know, it's February, yeah, they're coming. So. you know that's just like I said I mean this stuff is it, I don't whether it comes from a church from a government official or somebody in the school system I'm like yeah then you're probably are thinking about well what about the stuff that's going on parents getting upset let me put it this way there are certain things that children should not be taught yet there are certain things that they should not be exposed to we we have rules and guidelines. Some of the stuff that I have seen, I don't want to really get into it, would say, but if a stranger came up or you showed that to your kid, you would have CPS on your doorstep. And, um, So it's just one of those. It's just one of those things that you know. It's just. Um. It's just. It's just getting crazy. I mean, it's just like all this stuff is like happening. Like what's happened on social media, about. Like what Twitter's done to certain. Um, political figures. What they allow you know, what Facebook, what Facebook is doing about certain posts if you do this. Um, I've had friends saying that they're getting tagged because a post that they put on about six years ago <laughs> getting banned over something they put on six years I'm like, what? I, I, I've had a couple of friends to say that. That's, it's crazy. I'm like <laughs> I'm like When when you don't have the ability to hear the other side, then you just hear one side, and and it's just it's not good. We need to hear all sides, even the crazy exp- even the crazy ones that have really f- out there conspiracy theories about things. I'm like, need to hear those too. You may laugh about it and joke about it, but you know I, I've seen some crazy stuff on Facebook. I I mean, I've seen some stuff now and I was like, yeah. Um yeah. okay, I'll tell you something. I was telling I was telling my family about this. Something I seen before, before COVID. Before COVID ever entered before COVID ever came to life to be. Um, I don't know how I found it, but one day I was on Facebook and I was going through you know how you go you you watch one video and then you look down and see well what uh, you can find you start scrolling and you see different things and they pull up the algorithm tells you well you might be interested in this well it was the day where i was getting a whole bunch of conspiracy videos <laughs> content it was like eh. so watched one i was like yeah so then i watched this woman who was talking about the flu shot she was a nurse and she was talking about that her, um, her, the hospital that she worked for was mandating all the staff to get a flu shot. And she was talking about why this was wrong. Now, I thought she was way out there because she was talking about the market the beast and all this stuff. She was talking about some crazy stuff. And I was like, okay, um... But the reason I tell you this is because she was talking about, well, if hospitals, because she was talking about if the hospitals get the power of making you to get the flu shot. And it's between you get the flu shot or you lose your job because she basically walked out. She didn't want to get the flu shot for whatever reason. Now, at my time about getting the flu shot, I never really understood what was the big deal about this because I never heard anybody really talk about it. And what really, why I didn't really think about it and really didn't really care at the time because she started talking about some other crazy stuff that she really went overboard a little bit and never, she would have stayed away from that stuff and just talked about what was at stake. Um, yeah, I, I think I would have liked. Woke up a little bit then. I don't like the first phrase, but seen the light. Let me put it that way. Because she was talking about basically that if if these corporation hospitals, because basically all hospitals are becoming corporations, whether we like it or not, was saying that if they can make their employees get the flu shot, what else could down the line they force their employees to get to be mandatory or lose their job. And she was talking about that if all, the, if all the hospital staff, whether it was from nurses, uh, the cleaning clues, the con- you know, the cleaning ladies, say the cleaning people, the consortiums, doctors, people that actually run the hospital would walk out and all these different corporations talking about they would stop making these mandates. And she's right. She was right. I agreed with her on that. But a lot of people who were afraid to lose their jobs. They got the flu shot. Well, one of the reasons why I think people got the flu shot was the flu shots had been around. And, and people didn't think nothing about the flu shots. It was just like, okay, I get the flu shot. No big deal. Because the flu shots have been around since I was a kid. And it's just as, as, as I got older, growing up, they become more and more like pushing this agenda. You need to get the flu shot. Um... But as me, as a lawn looker looking at this nurse's plight, I never really understood at the time what was the big deal. Because she went off on this wacky stuff. I was just like, no. I was more interested, okay, they're doing what? And how are they getting away with us? Making you get a flu shot. Telling you it's mandatory or you don't work at the hospital anymore. I mean, I was more interested in that than some of the other crazy stuff that she was talking about. And I won't get into that, but it was just, I'm like, eh? Like I said, this was about two years before COVID, I believe, before COVID came. It was just like, and she was talking about what what if something happened, and, and they forced everybody in the health industry basically to get a vaccine that was not proven. And that's basically what she said. And I was like, okay, but it got me to thinking about that. And I thought that was crazy. I thought she was nuts, basically, because um, she, she went off of this rampage on other things instead of something I didn't understand. What was going on in the health industry at the time? That the that I didn't know because doctors and nurses didn't talk about it. They just did it. They're it just like, yeah, I got the flu shot. Um. So I really never understood what was going on about it and how the nurse, how the hospital staff just went along with the program, basically. And this is what she was talking about, that if everybody had stood up before COVID and said, no, we're not doing the mandates and walked out, that these mandates wouldn't exist. Okay. So the reason I talk about this is she mentioned something on the line. Well, what, what, if something else happens and they make you get a vaccine that you work in the hospital. And that was one of the questions that she, she, she asked the question and I was just like, okay, but I didn't really understand cause she just went off on some other stuff. But now I look back at it and going, and I understand how they were able to push the COVID, uh, back mandates on the hospital staff because they had already done this with the flu shot. A lot of the, a lot of the people who work in the hospitals were compliant, and got their flu shot. They knew what they had to do and they did it. And now comes the COVID and now, now they, now we lost a lot of our staffing issues in the hospital because people were one, the nurse, you know, the, the, the staff was infected with COVID. And they didn't feel like they needed to get the vaccine. A lot of people still have misconceptions and issues with the vaccine itself. Um, You know, and so this mandate was forced. And they, like, stood their ground and said no. What if they would have stood their ground and said no with the flu shot? Would we have these mandates? Would they even think it was possible to force these mandates on these health officials? You know, people who work in the, who work in the medical field. I don't care who you work for. But that was one of the things, you know, that was, you know, you know, that's, That was one of my things is just like, Oh my goodness. You know, I was like, You know, that's what she was talking about. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And that came true through COVID. You know, if you would have told me three years ago we would have these crazy mandates, I'd be telling you that, no, no, no. But we've got up to this point slowly. It's not happened, like, right away. It's it's happened. And it's now a lot of stuff that COVID is bringing out is here. And it's just like... Oh my goodness. And this is one reason why people are fighting back against the mandates for masks, for vaccinations, showing your papers, basically, to eat out in certain cities, especially in the U.S. I don't know about but the rest of the world, probably to do that, too. But this is why a lot of people are fighting, because this is not the America that, that's perfectly honest, I want to live in. You can I mean no one can guarantee your safety or your safety. I mean, every time I walk out of my front door and go outside, I could get infected by anything. All right. If I go into a supermarket, there's a risk because everybody's got to come and go to eat. But I can lower my risk by going when it's not so busy. I can go out to eat when it's not so busy. Or going to restaurants that I know that really clean well and I know they do you know and there I can also wear a mask if I feel like I need to wear a mask Um, I also have the option of just staying home <laughs> you know I I have choices and it's up to me I mean I to me it's kind of ridiculous to expect somebody else to protect my health when it's me it's up to me to protect my own health you yeah. know but you know, it's just one of those one of those things that you know and I think all of this you know, I think having these mandates and having people live in fear is is just causing some of these ridiculous things about the thought police coming. I mean, if you see the wrong thing on any platform, you can get canceled. Now you got this, this crazy pastor in Tennessee that wants to, to burn anything that he thinks, whatever, you know, needs to be burned. And then he also thinks about, well, autism doesn't really exist because it's just people who are hardly demon possessed, which is like, really? No, no. And it's because it's not named in the Bible. Well, neither is a lot of other illnesses, dude. It's just, it's a crazy time. And I think instead of saying, "No, oh, your idea is wrong, your idea is wrong, I think we just need to sit down and listen to everybody, even the crazy Looney Tunes. <laughs> and going, hello? You know, because sometimes there's a little bit of the truth in those crazy dudes, and sometimes there's not. But I think we just need to see where people are coming from and understanding and going, hey. I think that's one reason why I people say that America right now is really divided. And I think sometimes it's a di- di- division in the making instead of, like, okay like I know where you're coming from but tell me calmly and understandly why you think this is wrong and listen don't bother and just listen to the other person's argument whether you think it's wrong alright and you know I, I, I think we just need to get back down and just rediscover what makes a community a community, what we all agree on, you know, and, and one of the things I think is dangerous is when you put in mandates, and then you start saying, well, you can't read that, even if you're an adult, you can't do this, or that's bad, or whatever, you need the, no, to burn that, it's like, no. No. You know or shouldn't watch that i mean adults can make their own decision about what i don't watch horror movies horror movies are not good for me anything horror related is not good not good to me just don't care to be around it you know i just don't that's just one thing i i i don't care you know, I mean, other people's different. There's some people who cannot handle action-packed movies with a lot of gun violence. For whatever reason, they just can't handle it. You know, should it... You know, I mean, there's different things, but should that be banned? No. Should horror movies be banned? No. I mean, the way... The way to tell Hollywood or industry or anything is you vote with your money. If you spend money on a product, you're telling them you like it. If you don't buy it, you're telling them it's not what you want. You know, I I just, I don't agree with the saying when someone says something really re- outlandish that they need to be fired or whatever. I, I don't agree with that on any side, right, right or left. I think that's just, it just sets a very dangerous place I think we're now in. And we have the freedom to express ourselves and our viewpoints. Whether you think I'm a crazy out there person or you might think, yeah, yeah, or somewhere in the middle, that is your opinion and you're entitled to your opinion. And I think it's coming a really dangerous place for our kids, for children, for the next generations coming up. And I'm just like, yeah. That could be really. And for me as a writer, to have any type of person in authority says, yeah, we need to bring back book bringing really terrorizes me because I understand. What it's like to get your words on paper and then have, and then have the fear that someone may not like your, may not like my manuscript because it doesn't agree to their standards. This and that. And that terrifies me. And it's just like, what kind of world are we living in? And I'm just like, already... You know, I mean I I've never really (laughs) I I have never really talked about this but I I've had I had like some other people that um I I looked up to um in my faith and knew that I wanted to be a writer and because of me being dyslexic I mean my (laughs) <laughs> my handwriting and my grammar was terrible and I get it and they try to talk me out of it and like questioning it was it really what you think God wants you to do and I'm just like uh, yeah and I was like already oh, and then especially when I but I really like science fiction, and they were like, you could sometimes tell that their eyes rolled back of their head. And I'm like, alrighty. You know, there's, like I said, the stuff that people think, and it's just like, oh my word. You know, and I was like, found in because these are some of the people that I really admired and respected and I valued their viewpoint and here they were questioning my judgment based on things and yet they were telling me to have faith and, and that I was believing in God that God would make me a way to make it clear one way and he was showing me the way basically and I was like Already, I was really sometimes really, honestly really um, disappointed, devastated because, like I said, these were people that I respected, and having someone question my own judgment based on because of my writing skills because thinking I didn't have the the knowledge of it. Or to have, or I didn't think I had all the marbles. That was a lot of people thinking, didn't have all the marbles. It was really, um, quite hurtful, devastating. Um, some people I didn't really like, uh, really watched what I said around them from then on about certain things. So, it was just like, yeah. And yes, my, my grammar was bad. Uh, writing was hard to get socked out. I mean, I got it. I mean, I was fully aware of this stuff But I also understood we were living in the age of technology that eventually technology was going to catch up to my brain. I mean, it was coming, but it was not the technology wasn't there yet It was the the idea that it was being birthed. It was there It was just a baby and form and going this just the idea was ready it's just technology wasn't ready to produce the idea, the idea of the product into full protection. All right. I'm talking, this is before the iPads and the Kindles, this is stuff was being talked about. Um, I remember watching some TV program right, right at night talking about, yeah, Amazon's working on this cool tablet and it's going to help people with learning disabilities where they can read out information, it's going to help the blind and people with learning disabilities and it's gonna like provide a whole new access to people who have a hard time with reading for whatever reason and i was like and it should be out two or three two or three years and i'm like yeah <laughs> my point i'm sitting here going that sounds like a real. that sounds like a fairy tale but okay it sounds good <laughs> lo and behold it came out like five years later but you know, I mean, even when, when the iPads first came out, that was one of the things I remember on QVC, they talked about, the representative from Apple Products would talk about, yeah, if you have a child that has a learning disability or has dyslexia or, or just can't read very quickly, this is, can really help them. And this is one of the things that they really promoted. This is really why I really went iPad so bad, but they were so expensive. And I was like, that's what I need. And... The access, so I mean, eventually I got an iPad. It took many years later to get one, but yeah, it, it and owning an iPad is a game changer, definitely. And so is having a Kindle, is it is like I said? But this is a time when technology was giving birth. I mean, I own, I think, I own one of the very first, um, second or third. Um, Dragon, uh, how was it called? Dragon. Dragon nat- naturally speak dictation software. I own like one of the f- first ones, and that was a game changer. But it was ho. It was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard to train back in the day. I mean, how many hours literally you had to spend training the darn thing? I mean, you literally had to sit there and train it. And you had to put in so many hours before you could use the product, technically. It was just a pain in the butt. But it had a feature on it that I really liked that it would play back what i written. And I actually got to hear how it sounded. And I was like, oh man, that was really cool. And so that really was a game changer for me. And I realized that. But it was so it was hard to get the it was hard to get the software to work and all that because it was new uh the computer I was using on using it on didn't really like it so i mean there was different things but i mean techno- the technology was there it wasn't it wasn't easy to use yet um i also remember when i was going to college they were putting uh books on cd's and all that stuff and it was supposed to work. Well, it didn't work with my computer. I couldn't get it to work. Um, and the people who ran the the assistants about all that uh, said that it was supposed to work, and it didn't. It didn't work as they said it did. The idea was there. It just the It didn't work yet. It only worked for certain computers, and if you didn't have what it had in your computer, it just didn't work. It wasn't there. So, I mean, it was there. It was just, it didn't work properly. And people who weren't using, who weren't relying on this assistant technology didn't understand that, and um, the way it worked. Also, too, a lot of people didn't understand either, um, that some of the stuff that they, that they made for people with physical limitations who had, you know, range of motion issues or just didn't have use of their, mobility of their arms, couldn't use them else. And I remember this technology and, uh, um... I was helping a lady, uh, f- learn how to use being trained because I, um, helped with computers at one point when I was in college, um, before my health went, worse. and, um, and there was, there was a, there was a, there was a student, he was in a wheelchair, and I don't know what happened to him, I don't know if he was... Born that way, or he had uh, something else, or he was born that way, or he had some health or had an accident. I didn't know, I didn't ask, and it was frankly none of my business. But he had limited mobility, he could use his hands a little bit, but they shaked. Um, but he had full range in his neck. Well, they gave him for him to use was um. it was like a band they put on his head and he would have a mouse and he would be able to like move his head and he would like direct a mouse wherever he wanted it to go and then hit something where he could click on it or something so that way it would give um, his caregiver hey Uh uh-uh excuse me i gotta take care of my cat Already, I had to take care of my cat. He had woke up and he was starting to get into trouble and doing things that he wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> so, if you heard me going, Hey, stop it. <laughs> that was, yeah, he had been sleeping on my bed and he decided that. His tummy had woke him up and said, Yeah. So, I had to go feed my cat. So, he should be happy now. So, getting back to what I was talking about. So, so basically my supervisor came in and showed me how this was supposed to work and she sat down there. It was really cool. I mean, you moved your head around in a circle and it would move the it would move the mouse for you if you had for whatever issues you couldn't do with your hands, which was really cool. But I'm standing there looking at her like I'm like asking her, "Is this really going to work?" because I asked her, "Who was this who was this particularly for?" And she told me who it was, and she told me. And you probably seen him. He was he was a kid in a wheelchair, and I'm like, well, not a wheelchair, but he was in a power scooter. But yeah, it was a wheelchair. And she was like, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I seen him, and I seen I I seen the student with his caregiver, and I was like, alrighty. But I also noticed, with me having physical limitations of my own, I noticed that. He didn't have full range in his neck. He had motion in his neck, but he didn't have all the way through. He had like the way it was set up. He had a support back support for his head and neck that kept his head and neck up. And so that limited his emotion and it also had a little bit of sides it had like a little bit of sides come out too to help keep his head in place while he moved. So he didn't really have a lot of, he didn't really have emotion in his head to do the circular things that he was supposed to do using it. And I was trying to point this out nicely because she was my supervisor (laughs) and she was also dating another supervisor. That was my supervisor. So it was like a delicate situation here and I was like trying to like socially Nicely pointed out that I think this may not work for this particular individual, and and she kept going on, and so basically I finally just came out and said it because she wasn't getting my hints or she didn't really physically give a damn, and I said I I said I've seen him I like I said I had seen him but I said I don't think he has full range of motion in his neck. I don't think he'd be able to move all that the way she was. Doing. I mean, because she was literally moving her neck. I mean, it was a cool device. I liked it. It was like something I could use. But, um, but I had, at that time, I had a lot more range of motion in my neck. But it was something I could easily use with, like, instead of not using my hand, which was, I should I ask for that. But, But I had seen this kid, and with my experience of seeing people within certain types of wheelchairs, that it means they didn't have a lot of mobility, that that wheelchair was structured to keep them home right, to keep them upright in a certain position, because for some reason, their body did not have the ability to do it itself, and so they had to have the extra support to be in that position. For whatever reason, and I was like. Alright? And trying to point, you know, and and she was thinking, which most able-bodied people, and this is one reason why I do this podcast, is most people with able-bodied things, well, just because they can move around, it means that they think I can, or somebody in the wheelchair who has le- less mobility than I do can do the exact same thing, and which is not true. Or they look at me and go, well, you can do the mobility, why can't that person? And I'm like, everybody with a disability has different issues that affect them. I mean, I don't remember what the why the student was in the wheelchair. Like I said, he could have had them in an accident, but I think it was some sort of. He was he because he wasn't that he wasn't that old, so I think it was some type of um, illness that he was born with. I don't know what it was, but I talked to his caregiver, and I remember talking about that. Well, anyway, and I was trying to point this out that I don't think that was going to work. And stuff like that. And my supervisor just looked at me and says, well, the school paid a lot of money for this and it better work. And I'm like, okay. Because she got, I mean, she was really excited. I mean, it was cool technology, but I'm sitting there going... The, this is the problem with people who who are able Bunny who run things and buy things. It's like yeah, it's a cool piece of technology. I granted it was cool and it was something I could have probably used myself. but we were looking at a, we were le- you're, you're buying it for someone in a wheelchair they had who did not have the full range of motion in their neck to do this, and I'm looking out there going there's gonna be problems. It's not for somebody that you know has for some- whatever reason can't straighten their fingers and that would be good for her. I mean that was a technology that was specifically bought for this individual that the school bought, and it it did not work. <laughs> it was like it's not going to work. I actually, I should have talked to my main boss about that um didn't know any better. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Thinking about it now I should have went and talked to my boss about that piece of technology and going, no, it's not going to work. And so, so anyway, and so the reason they were training me was if, the student or the caregiver had issues with it. They were training me for it. So I knew how to fix it. And I'm just like, oh my word. I was just like oh my word. And I'm like yep. And I'm the one that's going to hear about it. (laughs) I'm just sitting there going yeah. So yeah, she she got a little nasty with me about it and I mean I understand her point of view but she was thinking that the the, the the student had full range of neck and I'm like have you seen him move his neck I have he doesn't have it um, and so and so one of, the, and one of the reasons why this was bought and this was in his IEP plan even for college I don't know if they still call it for that in IEP, but one of the things that he wanted was he wanted to be independent where he could not rely on his caregiver. And while he was in the class, and I was like, there was nothing wrong with that. I actually, I actually still support that to this day. There was nothing wrong with it. It's just they bought him technology that was not suitable for him to use. That was on the schools. That was on the school's fault. They did not take in consideration his lack of mobility in his neck. So, anyway. So, I'm like, okay. So, I I decided to shut up because I just didn't want to go any further about that. I'm like, well, whatever. And, um... So... so, so anyway, and so what happened was, when I was afraid, so when I, when I was working, because basically at the time, my, um, my, my job was to assist, uh, people with technology issues, I was basically like, the person that you called, and just, um, report any uh, help uh, with technology best way I can. And if I couldn't solve the issue, um, I let, I let other people know and they came down to fix it. (laughs) That's basically it. It was nothing too fancy. Um, basically, that was mine. Mine, mine was the reporting. Actually, my, my job was supporting any problems. If I couldn't fix it or get it up working for the student or the professor, um, our, you know, my job was to make sure. You know, I was basically in charge of the computer labs. You know, you know make sure they had paper. I make sure nothing didn't get stolen. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, or things did. I it's just crazy, but it was it was nuts. Um, so, you know, it was just basically that. And so that's why they were training me. And so that, because that was going to be coming on the classroom the day that I would be working on my shift. And if so, if they, if this particular student had any problems, they wanted me to help him to be trained. And I was like, yeah, the day I was training happened. So they were having issues with something I was helping. I was in a different lab helping somebody else. And, and so I came back and, um, so I came, so I came back and, and I was like helping Helping that student and in, in that lab, and, and the caregiver came down in, and said, "We need your help with technology." And they were told that I would be able to fix it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" And I'm like that because the kid, when not the kid, but the, the young man, he was a man, told me, he says, he says, he says, "Well, you need to fix it." And I'm like, "What's wrong with it?" He says, "It doesn't work." And I'm like already and and so I'm like okay inside he was plugged in I didn't really know what to do because I knew what the issue was and he was getting mad because he wanted to do it himself in which I understood the frustration but there wasn't much that I could do and I said well you and I told him nicely I said you have to move your neck and he did and he could only move it a little bit I mean he had a difficult time moving his neck and and so I was like and he was like really determined like he says well you're supposed to fix it they told me you could fix it and even the the professor came over and told me that and I was like yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I-, I know what the problem is. And I, he was with this professor in his class, and everybody's looking at me. And I'm sitting there going, Yeah, I probably look like a deer lost in headlights. <laughs> I'm like, ah! And I was like, um, It was supposed to work. And I told him, in basically what I told the professor, his caregiver um, in him that when it was tested, it worked. It was supposed to be working and he had it set up right and he had it on. And, and the only way for it to be, to make sure it was working properly, if it was for somebody else to wear it and see if it would work. And he was not having any of that, which I don't blame him. And he kept telling me, well, you need to fix it. And I'm like, you know, and I'd ask him to move and it would move and it was plugged in and it was working. But the only way for me to know it was like, if he would take it off and have his caregiver to put it on and have his caregiver sit there and, and do it. And I knew it worked. And I also knew because he had limited range in his neck that this was not a good product fit for him and I knew this and he was like I think he was embarrassed he was mad he was frustrated and I granted I would be too if I was him (laughs) but I'm sitting here going I'm on your side this is not working and I and honestly I didn't know how to handle that situation because I was put in a position while well, I knew what I was supposed to be doing. Yes, I was trained to make sure it worked and this is what I was supposed to do if it didn't work. And now the student is not allowing me to do my job because he's getting frustrated because he's been told it's supposed to work and supposed to help him to be independent. And basically he's been lied to because they got him the wrong product. And now he's like blaming me and everybody else is giving me. And was like, Oh my goodness. I'm like, I am not getting paid enough. <laughs> It was like one of those, I'm not getting, getting paid enough of, of that, but his caregiver was really nice and she, she was like, yeah, well I'll go back using the mouse and stuff like that. And I was just like, I was like, it doesn't work. So I was like this way he goes getting mad and so and the professor wanted it to be fixed so she could so the professor wanted it to fix so she could go back to her teaching the class which i don't blame her and it was just like an easy fix and she was like well this is fine and he was like fine and it was like <laughs> basically asked me to leave and i'm like good i'm like i'm leaving but And then later on and after that incident he was mad. And I don't blame him. I would have been mad too because it was not a technology it was not a technology bought for him to think about being having no mobility in his neck. He could not move his neck in circular motions like the device required for him to move it on the screen and use his mouse. Now I don't know if he used something similar at home that was different but this technology wasn't design for his, for his, for his mobility needs. It was not that sensitive, sensitive enough that he could just make a little bit of movement. <laughs> That's what he needed. This took a whole bunch of movement to move it, to move it around, and it did not do it. Um, and another thing I, I really got uh, irritated was the supervisor never let me use the product never let me sit down and like made sure this is how it plugged in and made sure everything i was never allowed to touch it i was supposed to watch it and remember which was not on me and i was like and i and i was like no because it was too expensive and i'm like and talking about well the the kid you know they're talking about well the student's caregivers should know how to plug it in and i'm like yeah there was a lot of like i said a lot of lot of people who are able bodied have all these misconceptions about people with disabilities thinking what they know what we should be able to do and what we can't be able to do instead of like listening to somebody going hello i also have a disability too and i don't think this is going to work as you think it's going to work for this other person now that would work good for me because i i could have the mobility to do it in my neck but someone who had lots of mobility and more had restricted movement in their neck was not going to be able to do that anybody who understood um, mobility issues knew that one off the bat uh, and then and then then telling the student that I'm officially trained in this and I should be able to solve their problem wasn't the mistake, and I'm just like so I walked into a situation that I was unprepared to handle. um I was not expected to 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 use, so that was, that was one thing, that was just crazy, and this is, like I said, I think this is why some people don't, uh, they just don't, that was the experience I had, and that's something that I remember, and I really felt bad, I, I felt bad for that student, because I just, like, I just, I didn't have, I never experienced anything like that before, and I think that was one of the things that I think, um, started that these issues need to be talked about and bring, bring back to about where people would listen. And this is one of the reasons why I do this podcast. Um, I, you know, if I look back now, and could have told myself then like, I should have documented everything that happened and should have went to my main, <laughs> I, I had different supervisors, but my main supervisors who had my big boss, I should have went to my big boss and just said, look, this technology is not going to work, and here's why. I don't feel, you know, whatever. And I should have just went. And it was something. And that, there was people still really mad and who worked in the ID department that bought it because it was, I think, pretty expensive. And I'm like, well, you know... You didn't buy something. You bought something that was probably going to, you thought was going to solve everybody's answers and not thinking about this particular person with mobility issues, you know, but this is why I say when it comes to people with disabilities, um, people just don't understand and then they get mad and they get frustrated and talking about, well, we should have been grateful, blah, 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 and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I'm like, until you know the personal flight of this stuff you don't understand. And I'm like, and why are you and my my thing I questioned this is like, why were you buying a product with not getting the input of the person that you're buying it for? See, that was another that was another reason why. and yeah, and as, as I, I I learned a lot more stories about that. But I just, and every time that student saw me, he was just so mad. It was like, it's not my fault, dude. I, I, I can only do so much with what's given my authority within my job description. And I was like, and you didn't allow me to, I was like, yeah, you know, you didn't, it was like, you didn't come get me before class started to make sure it was working properly. You know, you expect it to put it on, and "Eh." Uh, that was another thing too. I think people with, if you're like using technology, that is given to you by a university or a college or a school, you need to make sure it works first before you start using it in class. That that's another thing I would recommend people: you need to make sure it works and you know how to figure it out, because not everybody who's trained to make it work understands how it's supposed to work. <laughs> and just because somebody says they're trained doesn't mean they're always trained correctly. Uh, that's my That was my big lining thing about that. So, okay. Oh yeah, I don't know how we got onto this subject because I was talking about bermainings, mandates, stuff like this. And now I'm talking about this episode and my cat interrupted me and now I'm like completely Alright, let's just call this an ADD rabbit trail. That's basically what happened. Normally, I do remember, but no. So, anyway. (laughs) I don't remember how this was supposed to all tie in. That's the experience. I really don't remember. I was supposed to to tie it in back. I don't remember. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, my nose is trying to get stuffed up. So anyway, but I, I think the problem is, is we don't listen to each other. I think that's what I was going for. It's like, I think it would be better if we all like listened. I think it would have been a better net situation if that particular supervisor who's trained me on that particular product would allow me to use it. And express my concerns about for this what this product was for, for that student and my concerns about it. Instead of getting an attitude, um, I think the people who were buying the tech should have done a lot more research and also understood this particular student's needs, uh, needs and wants, and his limited mobility and what would work for him. There may not not have been nothing out there. Maybe that was the only thing. I think they should have had a talk with the student and his caregiver. Um, That's what I think. Now, I think that would have been a great technology for someone who came in with a broken arm. And say they they had to use, say they're right-handed and they broke their arm, or they sprained their arm for whatever reason, and they needed to use a mouse, that would have been awesome because they could have used it. Um, I also think they should also train this kid too on it and not just expect him to understand what he was doing when in the classroom. I think he was embarrassed. He was frustrated and he was mad. (laughs) And the person he wanted to take it on was me because what he was been told. Uh, Technology don't always work as we think it does. And sometimes it's up to the user to find out how to make it work for themselves. But if people would have just came down and just said, no, you're wrong, I don't like what you're telling me, instead of listening and just put away their biases and sat down and looked at the issue and then go, yeah, I could see how this could go. And I, who did not have the experience yet to convey my thoughts on the matter trying to do that without upsetting somebody and just realizing that what I sh- should have realized I was going to upset some people regardless of what I was seeing and they didn't like the truth um, I should have walked over and put my hands on her head and like okay make her move and like now you try to move this thing uh, that would have been perfect I think she would have got that then uh, I, like I said, I really, I, I, I felt really bad for this particular student because he was basically liked by the system, promised something that he didn't get. And he just wanted, he just wanted to fit in to be normal as much as possible. That's all he wanted. He wanted to go to class and use the computer like everybody else, but in a different way and just feel like he was being normal. He wanted a little bit of normalcy. Like he saw the rest of his classmates and once again, he was reminded that he had to rely on somebody else to move the mouse. <laughs> For him. I get that. I I I understood that. I understood that back in the day. I understood that. I still understand it now. But, you know, but... People didn't want to listen. They just wanted to shut down my thoughts on the matter. And my thoughts didn't matter. My opinion didn't matter. And because they were censoring me. You know, they censored me. Because they spent so much money on this product and they were going to make it work. And it went back into storage. I don't think they ever got out anybody else. They didn't think about, well, this could be used for somebody else who had more mobility in their neck. For some reason, they couldn't use the foldings of their hands or their muscles or their wrists like me, and I could have used it. That would have worked great. But you know, they they weren't thinking. They didn't have anybody clarifying the ideas. They were like, well, they were just mad. They spent all this money. But they were still mad. It it took them. A little, it took some of the 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 people that run the IT department a little while to get over that one. And they were making their comments, but they saw me, they always shut up. I mean, I just don't under, you know, and a lot of people are like that too, but you can look at this as, as the system was shutting me down because they didn't like what they were hearing. They were, you know, I mean, basically my supervisor almost, that particular supervisor almost started to be <sighs> to tell my main supervisor that had the power to fire me about my conduct and it was just like okay and at the point I didn't at that time I didn't realize I had ADD so I don't know how it was sounding <laughs> so I did not understand that concept just yet it would take me some years later to understand that concept but I didn't I didn't understand it and I had really no one to tell me that sometimes when I got really excited or mad or whatever or I had one tone for everything. And so when I, it just automatically went up and I couldn't hear it. <laughs> and so that's a possibility too. But I did not have the skills or the social skills to go, hey, to handle that situation to defuse my supervisor and go and look where she'd hear me. It was more like, I think she was told by her supervisors that this was going to work or else. We spent too much money and this was going to have to work. And so she was selling it to me. And I thought it was a cool I like. It was cool. I was like cool. And the only thing I saw wrong with it was the person that they attended for the student didn't have the mobility. Which he didn't. And he didn't. I don't think he never. I think he stayed for a semester and left. But It was, it, it was really hard and I was just like, and it was really hard to get people to listen, especially when you understood, (laughs) and you tried to be the bridge between, yeah, I don't think this is going to (laughs) work. And they just didn't want to hear it. Even afterwards, they didn't want to hear it. Um, You know, it was the same way as some, some other stuff as well. I mean, it was just crazy. They just, you know, if it didn't go in their idea of combinations, then it was out the door. But see, they were, like I said, they were trying to censor me as well. They just didn't want to hear about it. Um, I think I remember trying to talk to my boss about it. and It was like, it was done. She told me the equipment was going back into storage or something. And I was just like, okay. So, I mean, it was, I don't know, it was just, it was something that I, I got the impression of back in the day that it was, the student was no longer there and, or the student didn't want to use it and it was just like a waste of money and they were putting it in storage. (laughs) And they did not see the value of it, it could be used for somebody else. They didn't want my opinion, they didn't care, and it was just like they just basically censored my thoughts about the matter instead of realizing, okay, well, there's a person with a disability, maybe they could give me, give us some insight why this particular product didn't work. No, they didn't want to. And that's because they have, because I think a lot of people have their own misconceptions when it comes to disabilities. This is one of the reasons why I do this podcast. And so so like I said I have been censored I have been in a way canceled and this is why I think it's dangerous because if you if you start canceling or start censoring p- opinions that I disagree with your own theory or your own logic or something then it it sets up a dangerous precedent you know like for example and I remember now, you know, it sets up, okay, they bought this product, they spent so many money, so many dollars on their budget that they got for this particular project. They got mad because it didn't work for this particular student, but they didn't see the value that it could work for other students who had more mobility in their neck like me or somebody who had a broken arm or someone who had arm issues, but still could move their neck fully and it would work great for them. They didn't see the value in that. They didn't want to know about it. They were so hung up. Well, it didn't work for this kid. It's a bad product. We spent this much money. Blah, blah, blah. They just put it up. It was like, well, whatever. They didn't care. They were ticked off because they spent this much money and the kid got mad and, and they spent this much money on this kid who was trying to get an education for whatever reason. And they just thought it was a waste of money. And time. And that was my opinion. That's how they felt about most disabilities. Buying products. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my word. And 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 if anybody tried to counteract that. Statement that they believed and because they believed in the statement, they were like, nope, 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 nope. We're not doing this anymore. They just, they were just like, no. And try to give them a different point of view on what happened. All that circumstances, they did not want to hear it because they just believed their own narrative about it. They, they just looked at, well, the, because they thought they could move it. They thought the kid could, they thought that the student could move their neck. And this comes from a lack of understanding. And this is why, when it comes to any when it comes to any type of views, whether you agree with it or not, I think you need to hear balances you know, at times, or something you disagree with. You know, I mean, you need to understand where somebody else is coming from that totally disagrees from you, and it's not getting in your face and saying, "Well, you're wrong, I'm right." This is not. It's just sitting down and going, "All right," and taking the bullet points, and then coming back later on and having that same discussion with that person and go, yeah, last time we talked, you mentioned this. Well, this is right. I don't agree with you. These are discussions we need to have, and I think you, when we get to the heart of the matter of things, what we find important, I think we can all agree on those things. And I think this is how we can get rid of the division and, and go back to the to America that I knew, that I want back that it doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat, that there's always things that we agree on and that we're going to fight for and we're going to stand up for and not some of this division stuff. I mean, come on. So and trust me, I I I, I, I come from a background where people believe all sorts of things and I, I hear it and I go, yeah, I may not agree with you But that's an NRC dig. I mean, stuff like that. So, anyway, I am going to let let you guys go because I got something going on with my nose and I don't know exactly what's happening with it, if you can tell. Oh, it's been crazy. And I don't need to get sick again. (laughs) Oh... But I think it's just caused for my menstrual cycle. I know what happens to me. So, anyway, I if you spent like two hours listening, I appreciate it. I hope you found it fascinating. Um, I would love to hear from you. You can uh, you can uh, send me an email through my website, alexandramars.com. You can hit contact, fill out the paper or the you know, fill out, you know, put your name, email, what you like, what you don't like. And I will definitely get it. You can also follow my blog as well as alexandermars.com. As well. You can also send me an email directly if you are so bold and choose choose is Alexander the writer at AL You can do that. You can also send me a message on Twitter, AM Storytelling. You know, if you use Twitter, send me a message. I'll definitely get it. You can also follow me on Twitter as well. I'm also on Facebook, Alexander Mars, as well. Um, You know, you can send me a message through Facebook as well. You can also follow me on Facebook. I appreciate that too because um, you can know when I post things from my blog and from my podcast as well. So, anyway... <laughs> To let you guys know I'm still doing um I'm just gonna do I think I'm gonna uh, try try to release a uh alrighty. I'm sorry about that. My phone had my phone was ringing. <laughs> so anyway, um so you can catch me on Facebook, Twitter under Alexander Mar Off Facebook under Alexander Mars, uh Twitter at AM storytelling, you can send me a message, love to hear from you guys. Um so yeah I'm going to end it there and I want to thank you for listening and I will release a podcast on in the middle of the week on Wednesday and so I'll be doing some interesting stuff for that one and I will catch you later and have an awesome week and spend time with the ones that you love and I will catch you on the other side of the moon toodles